I was denied access to join the chess club. Not because of your lack of skill in chess. The chess instructor informed my parents I was not allowed to join the chess club. Um, and for those that hadn't heard a previous episode, I'm just going to say it's episode 72, first of all. But the reason why you couldn't join was not because of your lack of skills in chess. Right. It's because I, the teacher said, my te- the teacher pulled my parents aside and was like, Dolly is a bully. She can't. She isn't allowed to join chess club. This was second grade. Mm-hmm. So. And you're like, because... They just they they had a sense on uh, the character traits that they didn't like. Yeah. Hey, yeah. but guess what? I I lead a team of boys now. So what's up? What's up? So oh, was a chess club mostly men? I or just mean I kids? mean like I guess I could have just said I lead a team now. That's fine. You're though. right. That's fine. I think the chess club is is uh it could do it could be both, but I feel like more guys were interested in chess when I was a kid than girls were. <sighs> But I do love it. That's one of my favorite games. One my dad and I used to play a lot. I haven't played since like sixth grade. Really? Yeah. Like intentionally. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, I, I feel like it helps if you have a nice chess board with like wooden pieces. Because then you want to get it out. Oh, marble would be great too. Yeah. Wow. And not like a black and white set, like a green and off white set. So what I had was not green, but a darker brown and a light brown, like a tan. Okay. And that yeah, set's like cool. A... It's like a travel wooden set yeah uh what's that stain called not mahogany mahogany is a type like of a wood. walnut there you go a walnut and like a natural walnut like i told you about a mirror walnut i'm getting stain. for my bathroom that has like a walnut edge around it that looks so cool so yeah. it's like a darker dark it's a it's a elegant looking style yeah yeah i have a question for you mm-hmm. i think i don't know if i've asked this on the podcast with previous guests before or not okay if if money was if you had access to whatever, right? Mm-hmm. What's the one thing you would have in your home? I feel like I've shared. We did, I, t- we we did, did talk this. about yeah, this, yeah. but um, and my answers might have changed. Um, and uh, what would uh, you start? And then I'll see. Um, what I used to say, maybe I'll start a new one. But my last, my previous answer was I would have a art curator. Oh, yeah. For all my homes. That's right. Because in the scenario, because you'd have I have, more I'd than have multiple homes. more than one, yeah. yeah. Where like they keep a catalog and a library mm-hmm. of everything I own. Keep like almost like, um, well, yeah, like an art curator level, mm-hmm. just on for my portfolio. To and to trade things out seasonally and yeah. things and like upkeep, get them get the paintings. Um, uh, what's that called? Like re touched up. There you go. Or just un- undusted things like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's very fancy and nice. Yeah. Mine was, I think, a water feature <laughs> in the home, but I, I'm changing that now because what I really want is what um, is a sandbox for my piano, so I could do put my feet in the sand like Brian Wilson. <laughs> yeah. And be in that, and actually, but 
to uh, to piggyback on that, I would want the piano to be in the middle of my home studio, which is actually just a studio, not a multi-space like this is here, which is like the top of a house. It's a bedroom plus music equipment. Yeah. I'd rather have honestly, if this didn't have any living stuff in it and just studio space and it was my workspace and I lived in a tiny house in the backyard, that would work because this would be all a studio in here for tracking and doing stuff. But I'd probably want something a little bigger. You know what I want? Hmm. Uh, this is not my new answer forever. I still think the art curator is still a good. That's the rich, rich. We're talking about the yeah. practical answer now. The rich, rich answer uh, is the is water fountain for me. Okay. The practical is taking all my instruments and putting them in one room that could be used as a real studio. Sure. Okay. Like your music room. Like sure. A music room. Studio. Yeah. If it says um, studio, it sounds better. I think. A practical. Maybe like a coffee bar with like a nice espresso machine mm, yeah. all the like fixings for it you know like like the, you're, you're going to the nicest coffee shop in town but you're home but i'm i'm in my pjs and someone's making it for you or you're making it no i'm making it for me so you're doing your own yeah i think a lot of people have that goal and that's i've seen one and it's funny a friend who's in like uh michigan okay. he always posts videos like about i've missed you so much it's like these love songs and it's to his coffee machine oh, nice. and so he's always or it's like it's saying like i like it's signs of addict it, if it was anything but coffee it would be like this person has a problem yeah because they're like really into this machine and this mm -hmm. coffee so much and people are addicted to coffee yeah but it's like it's funny how it's the one thing that's not taboo is to just be like just i need this caffeine i need this and if it was like alcohol and they're posting you'd be like oh this guy's got a problem yeah recently i um i was talking to someone about this of like how like I really I'm trying to save up for this espresso machine mm -hmm. and they were like well couldn't you just get like a Breville or something like something that's like it's uh mid-range mid mid-range and I was like yeah but I know that I want this espresso machine like why not go for it now and what's and are you are you okay talking about the price of this one yeah it's like six grand yeah so it's nice it's nice it's like a used car yeah and it's like it's not something that I'd want to put on a card and mm -hmm. like pay down. Like, I want to save and actually do it and have it outright. Yeah. Um, so you're going to do it. I'm going to do it. The fact that you want it that bad means you're going to do it. Yeah. And you know how much money people waste on things more than six grand in their, in a year on things that they yeah. aren't like, or not waste, but they spend on other things. Mm -hmm. And they're like, you're going to spend six grand on a coffee machine. You're like, well, you just spent 15 on your kids, 15 yeah. grand on your kids. So you tell me what's, <laughs> I don't have the kids. So yeah. I can buy this $6,000 coffee machine. <laughs> Yeah. And that's actually not that theirs is a bad option. That's great. You're spending that money on your kids. But if I don't have kids, which I don't, then I'm going to buy things that I want. With yeah. That, hey, with I'm going to do money. what I want. But I also should live within my means. If you're within your means, like you said, like saving for it, that's good. Yeah. But like a Breville would do just as fine. You know, is it going to taste the same? Is the coffee going to taste the same? I don't know. Probably. But the ex I mean, you're Here's, mostly paying for experience and like. Is it is it a nicer flash. experience making it, it on the other one? Yeah, it's a lot better. It's a lot better. Well, then in that case, that that makes it worth it. I'm all for like this guitar that you were playing today, the Fender Strat. Yeah, it was a thousand dollars on Craigslist used, but yeah. it looked it had the look I wanted, this bright sunburst kind of like but orangey look, and I was like, yeah. this is so cool. And the wood design, every guitar is unique because the 
the wood they're using, you know, the, you're not going to get two the same. And if you do, it's um, particle yeah. board. <laughs> but this is like real. And I was like, this is such a cool design. And so I was like, I could buy a Mex Mexi one or a Japanese Strat for like 500 or 400, but it wouldn't be this or it'd be a color I don't want. And I was like, honestly, I don't want a Strat unless it's this one. And yeah. I saw it. I was like, I'm getting this. That's great. And then, and I feel good about the purchase because I got exactly the instrument I wanted. Yeah. And I'm, I'm genuinely a consumerist where like, mm -hmm. I, I love things, but I love like, not that I don't, uh, hold on. I love particular things, like things that are well-designed that have been thought through. Yeah. Like, not just like, not like any table will do, you know what I mean? It better be a West Elm table. No, I'm just kidding. It better like be I, a, I would yeah. just rather wait two months to find the right, thing. the right table and go without a table mm -hmm. than buy something I know I'm going to replace. Yeah, I don't later. I don't want to wait if I know in advance. If I don't know if I'm going to replace it, then I sometimes end up getting stuff like I was telling you, I bought a mirror that's too small for my bathroom. Yeah. And then I'm like, OK, well, I tried it and I'm keeping the old one till the new one arrives. Yeah. I didn't throw the old one out yet. Um, yeah. But yeah, those are like the Super 8 cameras that I bought. I bought one from ordered it from France. From, from, from France. It's a lot of F's in there. I come from I France. I ordered it. It's two F's from France. Yeah. Um, and it was $150, but here they're like a thousand and I bought it used there and it was untested, but I'm like, it's got to work. Yeah. Um, did and it? so I took a risk and it did, but it's a UK plugs only. So I had to get a converter to plug it in just to charge it, all this stuff. But it was the one I dreamed about. It's a Bialu or Bialu. Is it the white one? It's not the it's not the silver one that looks really cool too. That one I love even more now. That one yeah. works the best. This is my Can this is my one that looks like it's a it's the Bielu, which is hard to print hard to say, but it's the two thousand eight two zero zero eight. There's a four zero zero eight model, which is like the quintessential. This was earlier, okay. But it looks like just a mean machine. It looks like this guy's serious about filmmaking. Yeah. And it's it has this little battery pack. I had to find somewhere online where they make a new replacement battery pack just to have a battery pack for it charge it wow. up and it's like it sounds so cool so i have that but the first time i used it the infinity focus is off and for those that know what infinity focus is when i zoom in it should and i get it in focus my lens is telling me it's in focus my footage was blurry oh, wow. so it's kind of like i don't use it even though i love having it and is that the the optics in the lens or the the it's, mechanisms within it's the hard camera. to tell because it's just a super eight one it's just film and it's a lens and it moves so it should be fine the optic yeah. is probably the lens but the footage is okay i still shot cool footage with it but it's not as sharp now that new silver one that i got everything's crystal clear and sharp so for my things that i care about i use that one yeah because it actually is good okay. but i did wait on that one too to find one that i actually thought was cool i'm not just gonna buy any super eight just because you know yeah. i want to get the one that's and it was like 350 bucks or 400 but i was like i want this can you do a little show and tell after we're done podcasting yeah because i with the super eights <sighs> yeah i have four i have another one a director's director's model one and it's called director's model or director's edition mm -hmm. And it looked cool, but then I put batteries in and it doesn't fire up. So, oh. so I bought like five or six over the years on eBay. Some were 20 bucks. One, one's like a steel tank. So you could like drop it. You're fine. But it also takes a mercury battery. They don't make anymore. Ooh. And so I had to throw that one out and I probably hurt the environment. For sure. <laughs> Cause, For sure Cause I'm like, I'm touching a mercury battery. I'm like, Oh, let me wash my hands. Yeah. But yeah, all those old things, but I found you find the ones you want. And I'm not just going to buy any camera. You got to buy the ones you really want. <sighs> yeah. Cause I, 
I don't want to open this door of like, because I really want a Bullock's. A Bullock's. 16? Of the, yeah. The, um, they make a Super 8, but it doesn't look as cool as a 16. Uh, oh, millimeter. gosh. What's that model? Something Flex. H16. Yeah. Bullock's H16 uh, non-reflex or reflex. Yeah. The non, one of them, one of the models, the this one is getting that... camera nerdy talk, but one of the models, like whatever you're, I want one that when you're looking through the lens, that's what you're filming. Yeah. And the, the cheaper ones, you have to kind of guesstimate. You're like, this is your shot and you don't know what your focus is. Yeah. So any camera I get now, the focus is going to be, I'm looking down the lens. And, and the one that's more expensive, you can mod it to where it, the, um, it's wide gated. It's, it's, wide. it's sixteen by nine instead of four by three. Yeah. So you you don't have those black edges, which mm-hmm. is nice. But the cost of sixteen oh this cost of sixty millimeter film is similar to Super Eight. It's a little bit more. You're paying about two hundred and forty dollars for a few minutes. Yeah. No, no, a hundred and forty dollars. Sorry. Hundred and forty for a few minutes. Yeah. So you get a few minutes of footage. That's why I'm like, man, it's tough to be digital these days. Yeah. And yeah. you just got to find the right cameras. But it's fun. Shooting film is so much more but fun. The, yeah, the look is so great. And instantly you just feel, anytime I'm shooting film, I feel alive. I'm like, you because when you pull the trigger and the money, signs are going in your mind. Yeah, because for all you know, you did all your checks. Like, all, yep. the, all the five steps in between, um, like, pulling the camera out to actually recording yep. could be just perfect and when everything mm-hmm. went perfect you can get the you can get the footage back yep. and it's ruined we have a mutual friend that just shot a whole movie a uh, short film christian film uh or christian theme film about a guy going through a, a drug abuse we thing have or a something. mutual friend we have multiple mutual friends but i could um i'll say his name on here um someone you went to school with oh starts with yames yeah. ends with arlen but okay. you add a little more to the name yeah. Or take away, eh, whatever it is. I'm, I'm changing a little bit. Um, but anyway, he shot a whole little short film and all on 16 millimeter. It looks amazing. There's mm-hmm. one thing that something was off and they didn't, they didn't do backup shooting with digital. So they don't have any other option to go to it. Mm-hmm. So one of the scenes, there's like these like um, line, noise. extra like n- not noise, but like messed up lines and colors on the film that they just had to leave for like this dialogue scene. Yeah. And then the rest of it looked like amazing so wow. and he used a bullet bolex h16 i think he had i don't forget which one he had. four by three four by three yeah yeah but it, it looked but then you can also just crop it in if you really want to make it 16 sure. by nine but he uh yeah so he used the that one and it looked awesome so but it's a lot of it was expensive and took a lot of time and it was like a passion project for him yeah um but you gotta he had the light meter had to set every scene like you did with film today when we were out in, yeah. uh, up north Went up to La Conner, cool La town, Conner. but it's a cool little La like Conner. old town that looks like it's from the early 1900s, basically. Yeah. Uh, but setting the Pretty light cute. meter and doing all that. So for film, there was all those. And he was capturing audio. No, separate. Separate Next. thing. Yeah. yeah. So that's a lot of work. And I was like, Super 8, I think, might be where I stop getting film. That's I, fair. I'm not going to go past Super 8. I love Super 8, but I can get it scanned at 2K and it looks really good. Yeah. And I already have those cameras. So if I go to 16, it would be just because I love the look of those. If I had some money to spend, I'd buy like an RE Flex or Airy Flex. Sure. 16. And those have like, they're beasts of cameras, but you, everything had to be tripoded. There's mm-hmm. no stabilization. The cameras are heavy. With the Super 8 cameras, they're small. I can just handhold and still get cool-looking footage. But those big, those other ones, you can't monopod, maybe. 
but sure. And you have to load them in the dark. Mm -hmm. So that's the other thing. You have to know how to wind it like the super eight to put a pack in and I'm good. I just love how inconvenient all of it is. It's very inconvenient. I love it. I'm, I romanticize just how inconvenient all of it is. Well, it's because the world we live in now has come to full convenience for everything. Mm-hmm. And it used to be like you had to work at a craft to get good at something. And people don't have the patience to get good at it now. Yeah. So like the lady we were talking to today in the bookstore oh, yeah. about reading. And then talking about people's attention spans getting shorter. She's like, oh, this conversation is almost too long for me. Because <laughs> people are like, you know, you can't hold the focus very long. So to get someone to like take the time to load the film right, to check all these things, it's a lot more work. Yeah. But yeah, I like that. That's why film is cool because people are like, even older older people at weddings who shot on film years ago, like, you sh- you're shooting on Super 8? And on the last wedding, it, and I was like, yeah, yeah, it's fun. And they're like, yeah, we, I used to do that for my kids when they were young or something. Oh. And um, one of the grandfathers at this one was like, is that one of the Super 8 cameras? Because I was filming with, like, the digital, or not digital Bolex, I was that, but it was, like, the Blackmagic Pocket camera, oh, small yeah. one. And I was like, oh, no, not this one. This one's digital, but the other one. So, but it's just, like, they'd heard that film was going to be used. Yeah. And that's part of my selling point is like i love using film and this couple wanted film which is great and yeah, i was cool. like that's the people i want to work with because they want they want that look and that's what i love to deliver mm-hmm. so it was it was super fun and then i like when people like ask about the cameras and check in on stuff yeah too. and it's not just like a dslr normal looking camera that everyone's using yeah that's super cool. there's a whole art to it so that whole day i pulled out like f- four different cameras i was using a big one using a small one super eight this and that and one person's like oh you got a lot of cameras I was like yep just different things for different parts yeah some are easy to walk around with and others i'm like i need to set this up on something yeah so but that's i felt like it was a full day of art and then exhaustion because of the amount of moving around i was doing i just like wore myself out and i was like this is as tired as I was when I did construction back in the day, doing sheet rocking, moving those sheets, but I feel way better about <laughs> the end result. Yeah. Because I enjoy it. It'd be so fun to be um, like the loader for shoots. Mm-hmm. Just to like, I, I take really... the last one out, prep the next, do. Yeah. yeah I love organizing mm-hmm. and like peak me. Like, peak me in um like when i'm firing on all cylinders yeah i love to organize you know we're like so if you were in charge of like the naming the reels and doing all that mm -hmm. that kind of stuff and prep or prepping the shoot yeah 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 that part like that i like actually just shooting so if we work on a film sometime you'll have to do all the sure. <laughs> prepping and do that I, but the cartridges are fun because it's drop one in take mm-hmm. one out and you don't ruin anything except the moment you pull it out there's a light streak but those are cool yeah like my favorite moment i've caught on super 8 film so far was outside of the frame on a wedding reel there's like a light flash and the flare goes off of the film onto the black it's oh, like, cool. and it just spray it like scattered out off the film and normally past the film you don't see anything and this one was like a little like facing the sun it was with on michaela it was on michaela's music video there's cool. a moment where it just like flares out shout out michaela yeah and, it, and the song is honey creek mm-hmm. check it out on youtube it's cute giving her some extra plays and um it's on her channel so that's cool yeah, it's on um, spotify it's on spotify as well as they say in england so but yeah honey creek so that that one has a cool like film moment of just going yeah out. 
Yeah, the um, Super 8 stuff you shot was cool. I love it. I just I wish the whole things everything could be Super 8. It ends up being the budget goes up. Like mm-hmm. if you could do like five hundred dollars, you could do five rolls of Super 8 and cover most of the music video oh, for a two cool. minute song. And then that's just the cost of the film, but it would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's rad. Um, oh, I did have a something I was going to bring up, which is a whole could be it's a different twist, a different a turn. Hole. A it's a whole different topic. Yeah. <laughs> Another different topic, which is a whole different topic about um, I had a dream that I got a tattoo, um, but I don't know what this dream means, uh, but I got a tattoo of my name on my (laughs) on my neck. And it was like right where it was just said Eric Johnson on my neck. Yeah. And I don't know. And I was thinking it felt very real when I had this dream and I thought I had actually done it. And so I was like walking somewhere and it was sticking, it sticks out halfway above the shirt line. So there's no, it was like the worst possible placement Mm -hmm. because people see part of it and then you have to show them and they're like, why did you get your name on your neck? And I was like, why didn't you get your name on your neck? Why did I? No. Oh, I I told that to them. But I I was just like, I just thought it was a good idea at the time. And I was feeling like in the dream, I was very confident about my decision about getting the name on the neck. And then I was like, no, this can't be real. And I had instant like buyer's remorse where in my mind is like, no, I just got my name on my neck and this is permanent. Like, I know you can get tattoos removed, Mm -hmm. but it was, it was a scary moment. I was like, is this a dream about ego t- egotism? egotism. <laughs> getting my getting my own name on my neck, but also getting it at the worst place and then thinking that it was a real thing. So I haven't got any tattoos to date. I have a lot of friends that have a lot of tattoos. Yeah. And um, out of curiosity, I was just like, man, what? I can't think of. I was curious what, if there's any tattoos you'd see yourself ever getting or have thought about getting. Yeah. My dad has a butterfly on his neck. Mm-hmm. Um that I would get, mm-hmm. but I don't know where I would get it. But also, yeah. like, I don't really like tattoos. Yeah. So you would get it just to carry on like a tradition, like yeah. what he did. Yeah, but also it's dumb. You know, Butterfl- like I could but just bu- re- butterflies are cool, right? Yeah. But I could also just remember my dad. That's true. That's that's true too. You remember know? his, or look at pictures of his. No, I mean, like the reason why I would get the butterfly was to, like carry a reminder of my dad but you don't need that reminder because you already that. think about him i think yeah i think of my dad way too much so. yeah there you go not way too much <laughs> some say too much <laughs> yeah some say too much but enough <laughs> yeah um yeah i don't really like tattoos i think is it is it the permanence of it because i mean i know getting them removed is painful too so that's the thing i've thought about i'm like i know people can get them removed but it's like a whole lot and or is it just like i'm never I'm I'm never like so determined on something or knowing that I'd want it forever, I think. I say this with no amount of shade to anyone. Right. To anyone. This is like I clarified the thing on the last thing. Yeah. Yeah. I've never encountered a tattoo mm-hmm. that I'm like, that is worthy to be on my body. For you. Right. Which is fine. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing. I haven't, I've seen a couple of things. I'm like, that's really cool. But I'm like, I don't know if I could do it. Like I, my friend has a palm tree on her, on her, um, what do you call this thing? Not wrist, but uh, forearm. The inside of her forearm. Forearm. Yeah. And it looks really cool. And I'd love, I think palm tree would be like my vibe, but sure. I'm like, where, I was like, where would I get one? And I was like, maybe like an ankle tattoo or something like that. But I was like, I don't see myself getting an ankle tattoo yeah. also. And I have I have two uh, scars from when I had poison oak from years ago when I or poison yeah poison oak when I ran down a hill with 
poison oak multiple times for a movie without mm -hmm. realizing it. And I just let it fester, not fester, but I didn't take care of it the way I was supposed to. And it became these giant scabs. So I'm missing the hair on my legs. I nice. could get uh, the one tattoo I was thinking of getting is replacing the hair that oh was my missing. Gosh. <laughs> and then it's just like, it's it almost looks like nothing's there and it just matches. But I'm also like so used to the hair missing now on yeah. the front of the legs that it would look weird to have hair there. Here's a question. Mm -hmm. As we get older, does our body hair change? Like it the can. rest of our head, like our head, we go gray. Well, but like, gray. Does Mine our body... is, yeah. But, um, well, so men and women are different for men. The hair on the head usually goes away unless you start doing what I'm doing, which is taking drugs. Acetone. Acet acetone. I'm drinking acetone. No, yeah, don't biotin. drink acetone. No, I'm taking finasteride, which oh. keeps your uh, testosterone from turning to DHT, which takes the hair off your head and puts it all over your body more. Got it. It doesn't actually move it down. It just makes your hair, your, <laughs> you get hairier. Everywhere. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm not that hairy, but the legs, I think the legs stay, the arms stay, but it gets like grayer as time goes on. So if you did go the route of tattoos, tattoo mm -hmm. hair replacement, you'd, <laughs> oh. you'd need a second coat later on. Later, because it's going to be dark. Be black. There's yeah. going to be these black marks. There'll be gray hair or around it. It, it like, uh, you know, what's funny, though, it fades and maybe it matches most matching. Yeah, most most uh, leg hair, I don't think goes gray. I mean, oh, maybe really later on. Sure. But most hair stays brown except the top of the head. I don't know why that is. They say stress and stuff. Who knows why people get gray hair? I have a lot of it. So I started finding them in the side of my head and I pulled them out. If you keep pulling them, you're going to have less hair. I'm fine for now. Okay. But when it starts to get thin, you got to let it happen probably. What if you just cut them down? Don't tell me what to do. Oh, yeah, you're right. I know. You're instantly like, <laughs> sorry for making you put you in defensive mode. You do you. <laughs> Pull those hairs out of your head. Yeah, dude. Um, or you could dye it. Here's the beauty of your hair. Your hair is black. Thank you. I like great. that you said the beauty of my hair. Yeah, here's the beauty Thank of your you. hair. Yeah. Here's the here's the beautiful thing of the situation, too, yeah. is that your hair is black. So yep. if you put black hair dye on there, it's not going to get blacker than it is. You know how easy of a dying situation you have? My problem is it's normally, I'm going to let you finish. <laughs> you have a problem with my hair? Go ahead. No, my problem with mine okay. is that it's like, a brown, it was brownish originally. <laughs> yeah, you're like, you got like 12 shades going on. You know why? Not right now. Normally. Normally, because you have been going back and forth between, you've been playing hot and cold with your hair. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? Like you kept dying it and then you were like no i'm gonna let it grow out and you're like no yeah. i'm gonna just bleach it up and then you got it you got it brown and then you're like i want it darker you, in the same week you're like i want it darker yeah and you want to go do something about it well the i had someone professional who's a uh, shout out to amanda jones who does my hair she's shout real good amanda. uh and and you should get your hair cut by her and hair dyed because she specializes in hair dye okay so um but she uh she was like she, i was like can you help me because right before <laughs> i decided to lighten my hair when it was like getting i was like getting sick of waiting for it to go blonde or go gray. go gray yeah and so i decided to lighten it well when you get a dark brown you cannot go from dark brown to, no matter what like she even put bleach on it she cut cut a little piece and tried it and it just was super orange still so you can mm -hmm. only get to orange and even if you get to orange you can't turn that to like grayish blonde you have to let it grow naturally or you have to bleach it like massively bleach it how do people go platinum then they bleach 
it's a massive bleaching, but the, it re- destroys your hair. It's really bad for your hair. Oh. So I was trying to not, not do that. So I was just, I had done the like one round of bleaching myself and messed it up. So it was bright orange. Yeah. So I went before going to California, she did a toner and a toner for those that don't know don't for know. hair dye stuff. A toner is semi-permanent and I was using permanent hair dye before. Permanent hair dye goes into your gray follicles and fills them up with dye and it never changes. It's stuck there until it grows out. So toner oh, okay. covers the outside only, and then it goes back and goes away. Got it. So in, in mine, she said in, in like eight weeks, well, we could do it again. This should last two months. The, mine tends to last about a month. Mine's already needing another darker toning. So what it does is it just turns, you're feeling your hair now. Is it thin? Is no, it I'm going to pull it up. <laughs> um, so what the toner does, it just makes it darker for a while. Okay. And then it goes back to gray. So basically I can keep this darker look until I'm ready for it to just all at the same time turn gray when it's long enough, which is by like um, October. While we're in June. Yeah. So About I have two months, not bad. Uh, or so, supposedly by then. Yeah. So I have enough gray now coming in. Like, it'll be good, but there's so many tones. So it's just like, it is what it is. I got to deal with it. Yeah. But you, you made this bed for yourself, but it's better than it was when it was orange. Sure. It's brownish. Yeah. <laughs> at least. Yeah. That's fine. So, but either way, it's like some, and some people just don't have their hair anymore. Well, so I, I'm lucky to have my hair. I just damaged my hair for the first time in my life. What'd you do? In my 30 years again life. Mm-hmm. Um, I took my flat iron to a piece of hair one too many times and it damaged it. So like. Fell off. Oh. Yeah. From like here to here. It's super dry. No, I didn't fall off. Oh. It's just. Br- it feels brittle. brittle. So I need to like. Gr- I have to grow out my hair now. And cut it. And have it cut. Yeah. You know, well, you can also get. This is the thing after I. Um got it dyed or bleached the first time yeah is it was dry for like a week it was terrible and you're supposed to go to like those sally beauty places yeah, or some one of I those sally's it's it's and i kind of want to go there today and get a dark, darker toner and mess my hair up again yeah. but i will not i'm gonna wait for the professional but um they're good there but the thing you get there is something that like re rehydrate hydrate not hydrogens hydrates your hair yeah yeah and then that way your that part won't feel as bad well, I bought some conditioner. I see. So here's the thing, too. I mm-hmm. don't have shower conditioner. I use leave-in conditioner. Um, oh. So I think that I, helps, right? Well, it keeps it keeps my hair hydrated, not like as hydrated as conditioner, because my thing is that my hair would get too like slick, because I don't really like washing my hair every every I wa- day. I wash it like religiously. If washing your hair was a religion, I would be going to church six days a week. Yeah, <laughs> Probably. You'd be a pastor. I'd be a pastor. <laughs> um, yeah. I I shampoo every other day. Mm-hmm. Um, or, no, sorry. I shampoo twice a week and then do but do leave-in conditioner every time. But I, I just picked up conditioner at the place we went to today, at the skin place. Oh, yeah. And then... When you say skin place... <laughs> I love calling it I the skin place. I think we should probably clarify, because I went to this skin place. They're like, what? What were you doing? I love it. It's called Handmade in LaConnor, and they yeah. have great things for your skin really and your face. Things. And it's owned by a friend from back in the day, and it's super good stuff. And sure, there's a price to pay for good stuff, because it's, it's all organic and stuff, but it's well worth it. Yeah, so, it's so awesome. I, bought, I bought conditioner there. Yeah, so I'm gonna try that out and see. Maybe I should get back into the conditioner game. If, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to do otherwise. 
That's the right. I mean, and some things just get damaged to the point of no return. Like I think Zach, our friend, said when he got his bleach, that, like you get some that sometimes some can fall out because of this, 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 this. Um, and then also my roommate Carly had um, an acid haircut once, acid wash haircut, Whoa. and that's on accident when they left something in too long and the hair fell out. So she had to get it cut shorter because it's uneven. So that can happen yeah. from bleaching. So bleaching in general is not good. Now I'm. So just for men, hair dye is the one I used for years. And okay. I thought it was actually kind of cool because it was just like quick five minutes at home, put it in. But that like permanently dyes your hair. So having that brown and then putting that in constantly, I went to black and it just stays there. Since yours is already black, instead of pulling your gray hairs, yeah. just literally get a home dye kit and do black and you, you'll never know a difference. You'll never have to lose hair because your See? hair is like black, black. Yeah, thank you. Um, you're like, thank you. I'm, it is a compliment. It's a good, it's an easy shade to dye because you're already there. It's not going to look unnatural. I know, but here's, okay, part of me wants to do the, like, noble thing. The and noble, the noble, yeah. Noble thing of, like, just letting my hair turn gray without, I never want to dye my hair. I've never dyed my hair before. Really? Yeah. I, I would consider dyeing my hair if I could go, like, platinum ghost white. But That's what's going to naturally happen, but it takes years. Exactly. Because my mom has, she's a lot more salt now in her hair. Mm -hmm. um, I used to be salt. I, I mean, her hair is just gorgeous. It's really gorgeous. And I don't think she's ever dyed her hair, but mm -hmm. she started going gray really young, like in her 20s. Yeah. Um, and you technically did, but you were pulling it. Yeah. Maybe. Ma I started seeing gray hair maybe at like 28 okay. and I would pull those. Yeah. Um, cause it was, it's still very few and far between when I get yeah. gray hairs. But having, if, if you're down for the challenge of leaving them, I would yeah. love to, I'd, I'd be curious to see if it's just a couple cause that's not even noticeable really. Now black yeah. hair does show lighter colors a lot. And that's the problem with dying is that the roots, when the roots are growing out and my roots yeah. are mostly salt and pepper that it's so obvious with black, but mm -hmm. this it's less obvious, but it's still, yeah. Yeah. Cause it's not that like it's growing it, not that it's growing in gray, it's that the hair itself turns gray. The whole thing? Well, no, it does. I Okay, there was a thought on this that, or not a thought, but it doesn't just like turn. Isn't it that it grows out slowly like that? Well. Or the whole thing turns. Well, I've gotten both. I've gotten where like I've seen a full length of oh, strand be gray. gray. Okay. And then uh, the ones I pulled recently from the side mm -hmm. of my head half of it was gray and then the other part was like a light brown so it's kind of cool kind of cool yeah yeah really cool super cool <laughs> yeah. uh but i i almost because this is um it it's been written about or accounted for that like stress can yes i was just gonna say that yeah stress can cause you to go gray earlier yeah yeah but i you're not stressed super <laughs> you're not stressed ever super right stressed. super unstressed yeah i don't know what that is oh, yeah and I, it's trying to just no, snoop sure. dog snoop dog super unstressed no for sure real real yeah. stressed okay. and yeah. um but like i would want it to happen where sorry i keep snapping my fingers i would want it to happen where that's like, good i'm gonna snap on this side overnight <laughs> i want all my hair gray so you have to have like it's a, one or the other i want my hair black forever or mm -hmm salt and pepper gray overnight 
I have a story of someone having their hair turn overnight, but I don't think you want to experience what they did. Is it lightning? No, it's not. It's something that sounds like supernatural and crazy. Oh, boy. Tell me. Okay. So this guy named Bill Schneblin. Fake. No, it's a real name. uh, who, Who joined the Masons. He okay. so this goes a little darker, but he he well he didn't realize what he 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 was getting into other stuff. He ended up getting into like occultic stuff, right? Mm. So he but he was all in. This is this is a big twist from yeah. hair dye, but um this is if you want to do it this way, I don't advise it. Okay, but you said Schneebly. What was the name? Bill Schneblin? Okay, Schneblin. So he he's known for um his talks on this kind of stuff, okay. but he he was all in for whatever he was doing. And at that time he thought Satan was a good guy instead of God. Right. Yeah. So he's like all in about this. As he went into the occult stuff as known, as known by some people that believe that stuff, but I don't believe my, that way myself. Yeah. So I'm just going to cater that. But Dolly, apparently we're going to leave this open. In the let's, air. Yeah. Let's, let's keep it an open conversation. We're not going to judge anyone. Quick story. <laughs> I will. Anyway. So he, so he in a dream goes up into the sky and not like heaven, but goes up in the sky to this like castle in the sky and yeah. meets Satan. And this dream meets meets, Sa- meets Satan. Okay. So Satan tr- turning into all these things in front of him. This is how he described it. And some people would say, well, that's baloney. You didn't do this. Sure. But he woke up on his lawn naked. Wow. And so he wouldn't just like take his clothes off and run outside. Yeah. And his hair from brown was, was turned white instantly overnight. All of it. Wow. And so he, he said in his, in the experience, he was up in this castle in the sky and then Satan walked up to him and put these like long nails into his forehead to see if he was all his. And then he like woke up and he was outside on the lawn naked and his hair is white since then. Wow. Insane. Yeah. So my dad used to take me to this group called the prophecy club and they'd bring these speakers with these like outrageous, like crazy stories. And it really like makes me be like whoa like crazy stuff so yeah. we i would hear all these insane stories about stuff it was like fear-ridden yes testimonies yeah, yeah and it would just be like then they'd have a prayer at the beginning so it seems normal they wouldn't sing songs just have a prayer this to be like we're introducing this person who was in the occult for 17 years and did this and tra- and did all these things traveled yeah. here did these things and then recounting terrible things and i'm like a teenager sitting there and i'm like this is and we're at like a holiday and express like yeah. uh ballroom you know <laughs> and then they they were in out of topeka kansas and they'd go around the u.s with this prophecy club so i got to hear a lot of a lot of interesting things yeah um wow but but that was something don't try to go up to a sky castle and get a I'm nail not, put I in your forehead and no don't don't turn your hair gray overnight like that um why don't why don't you do this instead i'll just let nature take its course yeah but that means you gotta stop pulling those grays i will i promise yeah but you could you could also just get it bleach blonde platinum and then it'll grow out and just dark. ruin all of my hair yeah it it'll ruin it after two times if you do it too quickly you can go beach beach blonde beach, beach blonde bleach yeah. blonde and then have it grow in dark which would be a cool look um there's I mean, uh, that was a departure from hair dye, but I just had no, to bring it up. No, it was great. It was a lovely, a lovely departure. Side, side great story about seeing Satan in the sky. <laughs> yeah. Great. Uh, I'm using people's real names, but I think it doesn't matter because they already gave their testimony. Sure. So it's fine. Yeah. 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 Um, and also I feel like, I don't know why I always have, to, I feel like I have to explain myself or at least my history. Like when we talk about religious stuff, mm-hmm. I always feel very, um, 
like you're self-conscious like you don't want to offend someone you're I'm, trying not to offend anyone i'm not no because i speak for myself i don't speak for but you're worried that someone might be offended by something you think, say yeah because like i stories like this i always feel trepidatious about which ones like talking about like satan or people's oh, experiences sure. with the spiritual realm or any of that stuff sure because I was spoon-fed trauma stories, or mm. not trauma stories, but like fear, fear douse stories. Yeah. Um. In hopes that the story shared would make me committed more to the to Jesus. religion. Yeah. Yeah. So it was and, like, hey, you don't want to go this way, so you better yeah. do this. And all it does, all it did for me was cause me more trauma. You're like, then you're fearful I, and scared. Yeah. 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 Yep. Absolutely yeah. like paralyzed to make mm-hmm. a wrong decision. And then I end up like, this, this is why I overthink everything. Yeah. Cause I'm like, oh, what trouble could I get you into? Were set because up to, of this? set up to think yeah, this yeah. way. Yeah. Um, well, I think that's a lot of people that were um, pushed towards certain things through fear. Yeah. Through like, my dad was, um, grew up Catholic. And at the time, the Catholic, Catholic. church, Catholic, which now they are doing. Uh, a little less abrasive of a sales pitch for Mm -hmm. religion, I think. But at the time it was like, God's up there with lightning looking to strike you down for something you do wrong. And this was in the 60s, 50s, 60s. And so it was like a very fear driven source. And that's not shaming anyone. That's literally saying what it was at that time. So, and then the, the stark contrast was the religion my mom was in was not fear driven, but it was like, well, yeah, there is a heaven and hell, but you got to do the right thing, but you don't have to do it yourself. And it was like a little nicer sure. <laughs> than, than the other side. But then all those like prophecy club people are like, whoa, they did bring a guy who had a positive story about um, getting in a ma- massive car accident and his head f- spilling out on the ground. It's positive because he went to heaven and returned and he did not die but it was like a near-death experience sure so it was like he's like here's what heaven was like and and then you're like okay so this was what he experienced and that's the only way you can take it or there's a little boy that says like um heaven is real and he like had an accident as a kid and then he describes heaven and other people at near-death experiences like i saw that and so (laughs) so you end up hearing these stories so those are interesting yeah and they're less fear driven but it's more like just the positive side of like god's like oh you're not done yet your time to come back and this and that i was like that's and it all seems to match people's religious belief sure so like people that are hindu their near-death experience matches their religious belief people that are christian it matches their religious belief and that's kind of interesting what's that movie with greg kinnear where like his son oh experiences something they made a movie about it yeah Yeah, they made a movie about it where like uh i think that's the same book where they don't believe the kid where he supposedly was with jesus spent time with him told him that's it heaven is real oh that's what it is yeah because i always think about how like so in the movie, the kid tells the parents that, like, he spent time with Jesus, all this stuff, mm-hmm. and that he, like, comes back after an accident and, like, shares with them that he knows his sister or something. That maybe died. Yeah. She was young. She, it was like a miscarriage or something yeah. that the parents never shared with the kid. And they, like, they're, they're like, just what? like, what? That's the stuff that makes your hair stand up a little. You're like, oh. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, and then they're, like... They're t- one morning they're like watching the news and 
um, what's being televised is this little girl who painted an image of Jesus. And the mm. little boy like walks in the room, Greg Kinnear's kid walks in the room and is like, oh, that's Jesus. And mm-hmm. like how the end of that movie just reveals like how there have been a bunch of cases where like yeah. all these people um, have had these experiences. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, it's interesting. It is. I, I personally, I'm just yeah. speaking from my personal side as I believe that there's some truth to that stuff. And sure. I think, but and I feel like a lot of people are like, Oh, well this is um, they're like, it's my, or, or they're like, Oh, well mine was real. This person's is fake because of this. I'm like, I think everyone's is experiencing a real experience based on their beliefs. Yeah. Um, and who's to say it? It's not all real. I'm, well, that's what I'm saying. I think that probably a lot of those things are, and then people are more um, skeptic and discrediting. But it's really interesting. Septic, septic people. They're uh, toilet, <laughs> toilet, toilet trash. People. Toilet yeah. trash people. Yeah. Um, but I, th- I think it's cool when those stories are out versus the opposite side of the cultic stuff. Because there's also stories of an, uh, one of the other... Um, uh, prophecy club speakers was like interested in the occult and he was like spinning this book rack at a bookstore and he'd been spinning it spinning it and then the satanic book uh, bible or, or something had showed up there that wasn't there before and i'm like i think you can get the spiritual side to work on either <laughs> either direction that yeah. you're whatever you show interest in can present itself and that's why i have no interest in the dark side of stuff yeah because <laughs> i don't want it to present itself um but those heaven stories are interesting and the guy that came back, he like lived and, and, oh yeah. Oh, that's what it was. One of the, one of the guy's stories, he was walking, he, he walked in his apartment he was just moving in and heard this voice go out on the balcony. He stepped on the balcony and fell two stories and, and landed. That was one, one of the accidents because, um, and I was like, well, that wasn't God's voice to walk out of the balcony. Um, and because it was like rotten and he had just was moving in and he's like, I think God's telling me to go on the balcony. And he like heard a voice and it's like, you should go out there uh, or a premonition to go. Yeah. And the other one was an actual, like on a mountain, he was in like a V-dub bus and it flipped and he like, and his wife and kid were with him and he was on the pavement and that's the one that we were wow. like, went to heaven. But he said like, it was like him and Jesus hanging out or God. And then he, um, then rocks were actually singing. Cause, and there's like a verse that's like the rocks will cry out if you yeah. don't. And he was like, Oh, so this is like literal <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and things like that. So they're interesting and people would be like, well, that's all baloney. And I'm like, look, that guy's experience. He had it. I can't say it was fake. Uh, it's just really intriguing. It's fun. It's fun to hear. I like hearing stuff. And some people like, I just don't want to know about it. I was like, I think it's interesting. Yeah. And it's not, it's not fearing me into one thing or the other. Cause I feel like I'm not trying to be um, a rebel on either on that side anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so I just don't like praise music as we talked about before. <laughs> so if <laughs> that's, if that's a crime, so. then, um, Count yeah. me a criminal. Call me. Call no, me. The number. Call me. America's most wanted. Because <laughs> call me heaven's most wanted. If uh, if hating yeah. pra- if no, disliking praise music is is a crime. wanted by the FBI, yeah. baby. Yeah. <laughs> Which is I don't know what the heaven FBI is like, but I feel like there's also probably other forms of uh, connection that are cool <laughs> with with a higher being than just a song. So yeah, I'm just stuff like this just always sits too long with me. Like, cause I overthink, I naturally what, overthink. The heaven stuff? Yeah. Yeah. And then you're well, like. Well, no, in things in general, but this in particular, because we're talking about it. Yeah. Like, I'm probably going to go home after this. And, and spin still, out still of control. Yeah. <laughs> no, just kidding. Yeah. Um, well, no, I mean, it's, that's, that movie is the, it is, it, it's based off that book. My dad had read the book. I mm-hmm. didn't see the movie, but I wanted to see it. So, 
Um, but he was like five years old or some small age. And then I remember hearing that part about it where he walked in the room. He's like, Hey, that's Jesus. <laughs> like yeah, he, knew, yeah, yeah. he knew the face or something. Yeah. So it's cool. Wow. Yeah. Let's pivot. Let's talk about a different topic. <laughs> sure. I mean, you're already, I don't think you can get off this topic though. I don't know where you could go from here I don't know, except man. home to think about it more. Um, um, but uh, we talked about tattoos. I, I wanted to, you mentioned bullies at the beginning or you were a bully. I was a bully, yeah. And I, I had a bully story from uh, third grade. And so okay. this is uh, kind of tactical to help people. Um, tactical? This is a tactical um, story about how to defend how to against a bully. a bully. Oh. <laughs> how to become a bully. <laughs> um, so we had a, a friend. He became a friend or more of an acquaintance as time went on. A but victim. We, a victim. No, he became one of my victims. Uh, we hung out with him a bunch, but he was actually the the bully in like second and third grade, which is an early age to be a bully. But that's about your <laughs> your age yeah. range when they my they chest spotted my peak chess years. <laughs> yeah, totally. So he he had like his mom and dad weren't in the picture. He was living with his grandparents, and they thought maybe he was lashing out a little bit or something. But he okay. would like be mean to kids on purpose, push them down, and you know, there's a classroom with a little hallway in the back, and he and you got like your bag there, but he would just walk up and push people over. Well, he would like kicked me in the shin one day and like really hard and I was like ow and so I kicked him right back and he started crying yeah and then um the second grade teacher's like thank uh it's good you stood up for yourself he deserved he deserved it and so and my dad had told me to like because my dad has had, had years of like fighting experience because he grew up with um his dad being an alcoholic and stuff and he was like angry all the time so he had elements of like just yeah. he didn't want to take any he already got like pushed around at home or like I don't think physically hit but just belittled and stuff from by his dad and and stuff so he just felt like he wasn't gonna take anything from anyone so if anyone stood up to him he would just like like knock him out he'd have like a one guy in his high school did karate or was like a karate there's a guy with a black belt and the guy was doing all these moves but it's all defensive stuff so the guy came at him my dad just knocked him out with like four punches or five punches yeah and so he i would i not that i want to it'd be cool to go back in time and see him just in his time but it wasn't like he was loving life he was just angry yeah um and then my favorite story which is just because it's so hardcore it's like a steven seagal um situation who can't fight who can't no he could back in the day you don't think he could i don't know did you I've see all seen... those arms in the movies he broke backwards broke the bones out those were real no I'm just kidding. those were fake so maybe not steven seagal i'm thinking maybe like a um like daniel craig a daniel craig in like some of the james bonds as far as the fighting goes who's um who's blood sport oh jean claude van, van damme yeah. one of my faves my dad could not do his the splits, splits? Yeah. Actually, I think because so the reason Jean Claude Van Damme, his mom made him take. Um, we're ballet. we're tangenting a tangenting a little bit, but um, it's ballet as tangenia. a kid. Tan tangenting. We're going to tangent. Yeah, tangentinia real quick. Another country. Um, so ballet first, then he did martial arts. But at four and five, he was doing ballet, and I was yeah. like, I'm thinking there's not a lot of guys that are taking ballet at that age, but it helped build that strength. Oh, the dogs are in the yard. Oh. Nick's yelling at him (laughs) so they get to make the podcast um so but yeah there so he did that but there's a movie I loved his movies in the 80s and I watched him in the 90s but the 80s 90s movies and he like jumps and does the splits in the kitchen kitchen counter and boom punches a guy or uh, there's no reason for him to jump up and do the splits unless the guy was like throwing or kicking at him and he jumped up maybe that was it but just the sheer like strength is crazy so the story of my dad was not quite that cool but okay. 
he um, was at a bar in Seattle. Some, I think it was, it's in Washington. He grew up here. So, but he was there and the, a fight broke out and he outside, when they went outside, he slammed a guy's head and knocked him out into a parking meter. Slammed wow. the guy's head into a parking meter. And yeah. so I see my dad now, or even a few years ago, and he became a totally like calm individual when I yeah. was there. He was never a mean person. When I, but seeing, he telling these stories of his fighting days and stuff and like actually knocking a guy out and like he, those are pure metal. You slam a guy's head in yeah. there and he's like on, out on the ground Yeah. <laughs> and all these stories. So it was pretty hardcore, but I, so he was the one giving me advice. We're going back to the story and saying, yeah, right. Yeah. We're untangenting Nia's untangent. Nia's. Yeah. Um, Passport. and so, yeah, so I, so he, he was like fight back, but don't continue like, you know, defend yeah, yeah. yourself and then he'll stop messing with you. And that there's only a couple bullies in school that ever did anything. And that worked great. But that same kid that I had kicked in the shin and then he yeah. quit messing with me that same year, my friend Josh was playing a BB gun tag with <laughs> Justin. As one does. As one does. Where they have the BB gun and then the, don't, I shouldn't explain this for kids to do. They shouldn't do it. Kids don't listen to this. They don't. Well, I don't know. The age range, sure. I guess the age they range is a little older. They this. shouldn't listen. I don't want you to listen to yeah. this. If children. you're with your parents, don't get a BB gun. Yeah, maybe. They're not great. Yeah. But um, yeah, so basically... Justin was like, okay, he'd invite friends over or classmates be like, okay, you're going to run and I'm going to try to shoot you. And that was the game. Yep. And he nailed my friend Josh in the back and he still has a BB. Like you could, uh, he showed it to me in college. It's like an eighth of an inch under the skin. It's not going anywhere. It's just sitting in his back. Yeah. I mean, That's you could get crazy. that removed, but it's just like, it hurts. And then it gets in there, lodge in there. Cause BB can lodge. It's not going to kill you, but no. it's definitely, I mean, if it hit you in the eye, it'd be bad. Yeah. So, so that was the, so that was going back to the bullies, you know, you gotta like, you can don't turn the other cheek. Like we're going back to the Bible too. I guess the Bible says turn the other cheek. Yeah. It doesn't say my dad kept reemphasize this. It doesn't say continue turning your cheek and just getting slapped left and right, left and yeah. right. It's like, turn it once and then you can defend yourself. <laughs> you can defend yourself. Yeah. My mom always <laughs> told us to not, uh, to not either never throw the first punch or don't start the fight. Yeah. It was one of those. Oh, yeah. Don't, it was just like, yeah, my, my dad was like, don't start the fight, finish the fight. Yeah. <laughs> like if someone comes at you, cool, but you're going to, you're the one walking away. Yeah. And I'm sure he lost one here or there, but I mean, he also, he, he wasn't like a model student. Like for me, I'm the opposite. I'm compromised. If someone's like, what'd you say? You want to take this outside? I think that's happened at a, like a bar before or something and be like, I was like, I was like, whoa, what'd you say? Do you want to take this outside? No, I absolutely don't want to take this outside. I have nothing. Yeah. I don't want to fight you. Like, we're not doing. Mm -hmm. It's like, you could say anything about my parents, and I will not fight you. <laughs> you know, because they're like, your mom, blah, blah, or your dad. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, no, it doesn't. You can call them any name you want in the book. Yeah, I don't think I've, I don't think I've ever been in a fight. I've stopped fights before. I've tackled someone when I'm upset, but never, like, punching, like, angry, angry punching, you know? It's like no good for anyone. No, there, I, I guess I don't see a point to a lot of it. Like, sure, you proved yourself. It's like some people are like, oh, well, guys just got to fight things out. This is like a stereotype. Got to fight things out and punch and then they're buddies after. And I was like, I if someone was punching me in the face. Yeah, I would never. I'm not. I'm we're not going to be hanging out uh -uh. for a lot. I mean, it's it's like a that's a good severing of, yeah. of something. I've stopped speaking to people for less. Well, yeah, if, if people had to punch you in the face for you to stop talking to them, that's yeah. that means that you definitely don't the self-worth levels lower at that level. Yeah. Yeah. 
so you learn that's one thing you learn from parents too just you get you get life advice from anyone older and i appreciate my friends who are like 5 10 15 years older cuz they've given much life advice when i was in my 20s that helped with stuff They're like hey you can avoid the like my friend dave who's our old manager he'd give us he's like hey you guys can avoid these pitfalls i did by by some of the things that i learned i was like oh well thank you so much it's awesome yeah, yeah. wow not fighting <laughs> both there like but in general just life stuff or like music industry business stuff all those things yeah and not that i have like tons of wisdom to share with someone who's 20 i would think probably more than a 20 year old would have for a 20 year old but also i'm not trying to share advice some people are like oh well let me tell you what you should do and yeah. instead i'm like if someone asks about something i would like we have a friend who was like, oh, having a problem with the girlfriend and this and that. I was like, well, I can give you advice, but I'm divorced. And obviously I didn't, <laughs> didn't. So I can give you some advice. Don't keep making someone angry is probably good. But that's about what, <laughs> you know, like continue to make someone angry is not going to work out well for you. Yeah. If friends wanted to share things with me, that's one thing. Like yeah. having a listening ear or whatever, but I don't feel like I'm ever in a place to give people advice. For well, anything. and you can just share from your own experience. I don't think giving advice has to be like, this is what you should do. It sure. could just be like, Hey, this is what something I, I'll share. Sometimes this is what helped me. And it's like, might not be the same for you, but this is something that's helpful. Yeah. And then just because I'd like to see someone work through a problem or not have a problem, you know, but yeah, everyone's a little different. Mm-hmm. So you let people choose for themselves. Yeah. So, but yeah, um, well, it's about an hour. So we've been, oh, nice. been rolling. Ch it's been chatting. great. Yeah. So this is episode 72 of Shooting Debris. And yep. we thank you for joining us yeah. and learning some life lessons, learning about Bill Schneblin, my buddy that I didn't meet, but saw his video about him going up to the sky and getting his hair turned gray <laughs> overnight. <laughs> if you want to get your hair turned gray, you could probably just dye it. So, yeah, so many ways um, or get really stressed out. Because I got a lot of gray when I, uh, once I was married, too. So I, I wasn't as gray at 27. At 30, I was pretty gray. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was noticeable. It's kind of like when someone becomes the president. And yeah, you're trying to, you have wrecked. so much on your plate. Yeah. And I think I just uh, went from zero to 60 and had a whole bunch of stuff to figure out I hadn't, like, dealt with on <laughs> the relationship level. And it was a lot of work. And it wasn't the easiest, but it was fun. And I learned a lot. So... In general, if you want to get married with, um, if you marry someone early in the relationship, you might get more gray hair because that's kind of what I did. So I'm just giving some life advice, not to say anyone has to do it, but they can if they want. Yeah. I've been, uh, no, we're going to close this one now. I'll leave it. I'm not going to talk about what I was going to talk about. Oh, you're not? Okay. No. We'll close it. We'll talk, we'll talk after. See you later. We'll talk after. See you later. <laughs> Bye.